actually a lot of instances of this convolution theorem in Fourier optics, which we're only touching on. Okay, so going back to gratings, um, we have this irradiance profile in the far field for the light diffracting off of an array of slits separated by a distance d where there were n total slits. So the maxima of this interference pattern occur where the denominator is 0. That's where the, the, the large maxima occur. And so the denominator equals 0 when this argument is some integer multiple of pi. So I can solve for the, the angles at which that occurs. It's m lambda over d. So it says the angle of the beams that diffract off of a diffraction grating will obey sine theta equals m lambda over d. And that's assuming the incident light is, is uh, uniformly illuminating the grating. So I have plane wavefronts coming in at normal incidence. The wavefronts come in off angle. There's some additional path length difference between each, each slit that comes from the uh, illumination. I can generalize this expression to this, and I don't do the math here because I'm leaving that as a potential homework assignment. And this expression is the grading equation. So you've already, you've already seen the math involved. It's just a matter of applying the same argument to the incident beam that it applied to the diffracted beam. So certainly if the sine of the incident angle is 0, that reproduces this expression, at least up to a factor of minus. So this is called the grating equation. It relates the angle of the diffracted beam from a diffraction grating due to that of the incident beam. And you can have more than one diffracted beam. Each one is described by its order, its diffraction order m. And m represents how many integer wavelengths there are between successive, between the wavefronts from successive teeth on the, on the diffraction grating. Okay, so let's uh, look at this in more detail. Here's a diagram of what a typical grating looks like. This particular geometry is called a blazed grating, which we'll describe in a minute. Um, and we have this surface, which is periodic. That's really all you need. It doesn't matter whether they're slits or whether they're, um, what the form of the structure is. If you have a periodic surface, you'll get some diffraction pattern in the far field that obeys the interference of a periodic number of sources. The weighting of that diffraction pattern will be the diffraction pattern of a single tooth. Okay, and so we'll see, that, see later on that the reason that this is a triangular shape surface is called blazing to maximize the efficiency for a particular order. We'll get to that later. So if light comes in at a particular incident angle, and we measure that incident angle with respect to the normal to the macroscopic surface of the grating. So the microscopic surface of the grating might be inclined at an angle here. But the average over all these teeth is drawn horizontally. Okay, so we draw the normal with respect to that. Then normal reflection would produce a ray that comes off at an angle equal to the incident ray. We call that the specular reflection. 
and that's the zeroth order, meaning the rays, the contribution from the wavefronts from each individual tooth have no path length difference going from the incident light to the light that's diffracted in the zeroth order. So that's the zeroth order. And then it rays where there's constructive interference at angles beyond this, we usually call those the positive orders. So this is the plus one diffraction order. There's also negative diffraction orders. So these just correspond to solutions to the grading equation where m is plus one, zero, or minus one. And I've actually changed the form of the grading equation. You'll notice that was a minus. This is a plus. I think that's the more common form. At least this form agrees with this diagram. If we use the other form, we have to change minus and pluses. So in a sense, it's arbitrary. Whether you consider this a plus or a minus, it just changes the sign of that M. Okay, so there's a lot going on here. As we say, if we change the angle of the grating for a given incident angle, we change the angle of all these diffracted orders. So as we tip this this way, all these orders would tip to the right. If we tip it to the left, all these orders tip to the left. And there's actually an angle at which we can tilt this such that this minus one diffraction order overlaps with the incident beam. And it's probably not that hard to see, looking at this picture, that if this microscopic surface is normal to the incident beam, then it kind of makes sense that some of the light should be reflected straight back. Okay, so from each individual tooth, you'd expect the light to be shifted straight back. And if the height of these teeth is one wavelength, then the light that's reflected back from this tooth and the light that's reflected back from that tooth, I guess if this height is half a wavelength, then those two rays would be one wavelength apart and would add constructively. Okay, so the angle at which that situation occurs where the minus one order overlaps with the incident beam is called the minus one or the first order litro configuration. There could be a minus two beam over here. There's an angle we could tip the grating such that the minus two beam goes back along the angle of incidence. And we call that the second order litro angle. And so if you set the angle of diffraction equal to the angle of incidence, that's called a litro configuration. So setting those angles equal to each other and solving, so I'll call that the incident angle, solving for the incident angle, I just get twice the incident angle, sign the incident angle on the left, so I divide this term on the right by 2. And this is the condition for 
the tro configuration. Sine of the incident angle is m lambda over 2. So if you plug in m equals 1, you get the condition for first order Littrow mount. If you plug in m equals 2, you get the condition for second order Littrow. It's important for a couple reasons. One is a number of applications of gratings involve using these as retroreflectors, wavelength specific retroreflectors. So for one particular wavelength, they reflect the light straight back. They act like a mirror, for example, at the end of a laser cavity for one particular wavelength that satisfies this, this expression. Other wavelengths don't satisfy this expression. That allows a laser, for example, to be tuned. As you tune the angle of the grating, you change the angle at which the light retroreflects. And that allows you to tune the uh, wavelength of the laser. So we'll see that uh, tomorrow or next time. The other reason the Littrow configuration is important is typically um, when you look at a grading online in a, in a uh, catalog, one of the things they will tell you is at what angle, uh, what the Littrow angle is. That's one way of specifying the parameters. At a certain wavelength, what is the Littrow angle? You can either specify, if you specify the wavelength and the separation of the teeth, that tells you everything about the grading in terms of uh, that you would need to know for this grading equation. But sometimes instead of telling you those two things, they'll tell you what angle at a particular wavelength the Littrow configuration is, and then you need to solve for D. Okay, so let's do an example. Let's take a Heaney laser, 632.8 nanometers, that's a red laser beam, and say it's incident on a grating with 1,200 lines per millimeter. That's the other common way of expressing the wavelength or the uh, grating pitch. It's lines per millimeter or grooves per millimeter. So we can use this to find D, the tooth separation. And then let's ask uh, what angle does the first order diffract at? How many diffracted beams are there? And what's the uh, Littrow configuration? And so we actually, in order to calculate what angle the first order diffracts at, we need to know what angle the light is incident at. So let's assume it's incident at normal angle, normal incidence. Okay, so there's the grading equation. I need to know D. D is the separation of the teeth. There's 1,200 per millimeter. So the separation is 1 1,200th of a millimeter. Which looks like a... about 800 nanometers. And now we can plug in m equals 1 
and solve for the diffracted angle. So let the sine of the incident angle go to 0. That's normal incidence. I'm just going to go ahead and use 800 nanometers. I don't have a calculator to calculate this quantity exactly. It's 1 12th. 867. I don't know if anyone's doing the math in their head. They might have a more accurate answer. Um, so I have a quantity here which is less than 1. Right? So I can take the arc sine of it. That ratio is 0.76. I actually got that in my notes. The arc sine of 0.76 is 49 degrees, 49.4 degrees. So the m equals 1 order diffracts at 49.4 degrees. The minus 1 order would diffract at minus 49.4 degrees. So here's the grating. Here's the light coming in. The zeroth order is going to reflect straight back. The 1 and minus 1 orders diffract at plus and minus 49.4 degrees. How many diffraction orders are there? How are we going to figure that out? OK, let's try m equals 2. We have 2 times 0.76. So we have 1.5 arc sine of 1.5. We can't take the arc sine of a function big, of a number bigger than 1 and get a real value. So the angular separation is such that the, the plus 2 and the minus 2 orders would have to be beyond 90 degrees. So if this is a reflection grating, um, I don't have light reflecting at greater than 90 degrees. So there's only these three orders. If I change my input beam to be further off axis, I could get to a situation where I have more than three orders. So let's just conceptually see how that might work. My incident beam is at, at some angle such that the plus 1 order is just at 90 degrees. The zeroth order would be here. The minus order gets shifted up. There might be room to fit, a, say, a minus 2. Okay, so if, if this term was not 0, then I'd have to subtract some quantity over here before taking the arc sign. And so I might have a number that's, I might be taking the arc sign of a number that's less than 1, even for m equals 2. So there's three diffracted beams. At what input angles will there be a retroreflected beam? So retroreflected means light going straight back. So clearly, at an incident angle of 0, this is satisfied by the specular reflection, the zeroth order grading uh, diffracted beam. That's what we have there. But 
I can relax this restriction that incident angle equals 0, and again say 2 sine theta incident is what I have when theta m equals theta i equals m lambda over d. So I will get a retroreflected beam whenever this condition can be met. So I have m times half of 0.76. And so I can plug in m equals 0. I take the arc sign, I can plug in m equals 1. And I can plug in m equals 2 and take the arc sign. But if I plug in m equals 3, this quantity becomes greater than 1. So I have a 0, 1, and 2 second order Littrow configuration that's possible. So I plug in 0, 1, and 2. I get 0, 22.3. And I didn't calculate theta 2. So what I say, the arc sine of 0.76, I had already said, was uh, 49.4. So that must be 49.4. OK, so that's an example of how we use the grading equation. The grading equation is very important. It tells us what angle beams are going to be coming off of our grading. Um, there's more to the grading than this. There's the shape of the teeth, which affect how much intensity goes into the different orders. So we'll talk about that next time. And uh, I'll bring a bunch of stuff that acts like grading and see what we can diffract light off of. <laughs>